hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ. How you doing? This episode's coming to you a little late uh, for a variety of reasons, but you know what? I did my best, and that's all, all I can promise. Um, hope everything's doing good. I hope you checked out last week's episode where my friend Sean turned up to uh, talk about Frisky Dingo. Uh, we also... Uh, that was a live recording, so we posted the video to YouTube. And I did not get any mean comments back. Uh, I didn't get any positive comments, but I didn't get any mean comments. Uh, given the number of emails I have received uh, uh, in regards to how unpleasant my voice is, uh, I was anticipating a flood of emails about how unpleasant my face is. And that didn't happen, so... Uh, knock on wood, I guess. Uh, speaking of, uh, I haven't talked about in a while uh, my progress on my on my plan to get hot in 2022. Um, honestly, 2022 is almost over, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it. Uh, so maybe it'll be aspirational for next year, but it's 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 moving very slowly. Uh, I did have a server at a restaurant grab my arm and tell me looking good which uh, honestly is maybe the second time I've ever been complimented in my entire life, so I'm gonna t I'll take it. Uh, so this is one of our middle episodes uh, where I'm just gonna, I'll talk about some things that I've been enjoying and uh, the franchise report. And um, I probably will be putting a pause, I've got, uh, there'll definitely be a guest episode next week, which I'll tell you about in a bit. And I have one more recorded that I have to edit. Uh, not because the guest had controversial views, but the call dropped and I have to stitch together two recordings. And uh, I have to get my computer fixed before I can do anything more than just basic press one button and press another button 20 minutes later. So that one's been on hold for a little bit, but... I'm going to put a pause on those probably until after the holidays just because it's getting a little tough to schedule people with holiday plans. And uh, I've got some lined up, but all of this rewatching is dominating my life. And I have a bunch of shows I'd like to finish before the end of the year so I can take a stab at doing my best shows of the year and not have it all be things that I watched prior to June. Um, so that format, like I said, uh, one more, definitely, because it's got a clean record. Probably a second, and then we'll pick up again next year. Um, or maybe maybe there'll be some more if I can get some recording scheduled. But that's that's just to let you know where, I, where we're at. There's plenty of stuff coming up for the end of the year. Uh, there's the, the annual Cranksgiving episode. Uh, I want to get Haley back in here for our annual uh, Best TV of the Year. Uh, it'll be fun. Stick with me. Don't give up. Please, we've been through so much together. Um, so, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to get too into my current state of things, but I'm I'm sad, which is different from depressed, which I also am. But that's, you know, that's not uh, stop the presses. Uh, and I don't want to be sp specific because I don't like people knowing things about me and. Uh, you know what? Somebody hurt me. And uh, if you are, if, if we are friends and you're listening to, the, to this, 
I am not talking about you. Uh, I know that this person will not listen to this. And in fact, uh, uh, definitely knows what they did. Like if you're going, hey, did I do something wrong to EJ? You, you didn't because it was a very clear thing. Uh, I have been very lucky for the last, uh, honestly, like 20 years. Uh, I don't have many friends, but the ones I have are are good and trustworthy, and I generally have zero conflict with them. Um, honestly, anybody you've heard me mention on this show is is a delight. We got no beef. You know, the Sunday TV crew, uh, Sam, you know, Lana, Summer, uh, uh, Sean. If you've heard them on the show, they're definitely great. Uh, I got no beef with these people. We, it is problem-free. Uh, but yeah, somebody, I I trusted somebody, which is not easy for me to do. And it was, it was a bad move. I got hurt. I'm sad. I'll probably be sad for a little while because uh, it's somebody I knew for a long time. And yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It sucks, man. I'm having a hard time dealing with it. But I am, I am putting one foot in front of the other just like Cliff Steele would want me to do. Um, so, <laughs> vaguely alluding to a thing I'm sad about was probably gripping audio. Uh, let's talk about some entertainment stuff. Um, I have been horribly behind on most TV. Uh, this yeah, this rewatching a show to do an episode every two weeks is is turning my favorite leisure activity into something that's genuinely oppressive. So we got to figure that out. But uh, I got the the season finale of She-Hulk, uh, which was super fun. Um, I it, it it's it hasn't even been out a week as I'm recording this, so I I don't really want to spoil anything. But they go. They go real big with a wild premise, and I don't necessarily think they can do it again because it'll feel it's going to start to feel like a cheat. But the way they did it this time was so fun; I have no complaints. Uh, it is also—I was going to say—it's weirdly prescient how they sort of, uh, like, like they knew the ways people would criticize the show. And, when, and I don't mean like people with legitimate criticisms. I mean people who get upset when there are ladies on TV and that the existence of sexism is acknowledged. Uh, like they, they knew so perfectly what those people would be saying that they could work it into the show. But those people also have like one trick. It's the same things they said about Captain Marvel four years ago, you know, three years ago. Look, I forgot when Captain Marvel came out for a second. Get off my ass. Uh, you know, they're just the worst. It's what they've said about every Star Wars movie that has prominent women in it, besides Carrie Fisher, who's grandfathered in, I guess. It's, it's, it's the same stuff, but really had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, thrilled. To, we got we got a lot of Daredevil uh, towards the end. Um, it's a little hard to connect him to the Netflix version, but that's also kind of a Daredevil thing. Like, He's a character who has either done super sort of, of uh, dark and realistic or else he just ha he's just having fun. And that's become a like a thing when sometimes a new writer will come on and go, OK, we're going to lighten things up. And it's like, 
the it's such a whiplash tone that people in his life notice it and remark on it like you sure you you know your, your friend died three issues ago and now you're cracking jokes and it's 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 part of how Matt Murdock is screwed up honestly which is a thing that I really enjoy but yeah they sort of acknowledge the whiplash tone and I think uh, with the Daredevil series coming out that's going to be called Born Again which is based on a super depressing story I assume that's the title of it maybe they'll do something wildly different but like they're putting Daredevil in a good place before they can tear him down but uh, real fun to see him I love seeing Frogman yes they called him Leapfrog on the show but technically Leapfrog is the villain and Frogman is his son who's an incompetent hero and this guy was kind of a combination of both either way he's great I have an action figure of Frogman uh, I have action figures of like three Marvel characters and one of them is Frogman uh, and one of them is the is Hobo Spider-Man from uh, Spider-Verse <laughs> Uh, that was great. The Marvel also had the Werewolf by Night special, the cool sort of black and white Halloween thing, uh, which also I really liked. Uh, it sets up this whole fun world of monster hunters that would be fun to delve into again. Uh, the actual Werewolf by Night character is just like, yeah, a one shot's the thing to do. It's hard to do a continuing series with a person who's only has their powers one night a month. Uh, but what they did really worked. Uh, they also set up Man-Thing and Elsa Bloodstone, who are a couple of great uh, side characters. Uh, you know, next time we do, next time I do a guestless episode, I'm going to tell you my Man-Thing story. Uh, because that is a character that traumatized me as a child. And... Um, we, we'll talk about that. If you watch the special, they don't call him Man-Thing, but they call him Ted. You know who I'm talking about. You know Ted. Uh, and, yeah, Elsa Bloodstone is a great character who I would like to see them use in other projects. Uh, I also like that the actress playing her was on a Joss Whedon show, and now she's playing a character uh, made famous by Warren Ellis. So she's really leaning into uh, associations with maybe the most abusive directors currently or writers currently in the comics and nerd industry like poor, poor lady she's doing her best but yeah it was great I loved it um, I did think it was funny I saw a bunch of articles that were like here's why Blade and Moon Knight weren't in Werewolf by Night well they haven't introduced Blade yet and uh, it's a uh, uh, real uh, uh, I'm trying to remember I want to find the phrase Sam used to describe it because it, it was really good Sam's good at saying things um, I am not uh, because I can't think of it What is what was his it's like charmingly insulated which is really funny uh, you know, it's this very tight story about monster hunters. And given that Moon Knight is not a monster hunter and doesn't live in America where this is happening, uh, it seems he'd be a weird inclusion. But also, anytime they put out a Marvel thing, I want to see people write an article uh, asking why Ant-Man wasn't in it. And the answer to that will always be, they screwed up. 
Um, another thing mentioned all the time, it's the one thing I'm really keeping up on. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Holy smokes, you guys. I was I was in from the beginning. But it was more of a, hey, I like this world. It's, it's fun. There's Matt Smith. It's fun to see what's going on here. They really cranked it up for uh, the most recent two episodes, uh, episodes eight and nine of the season. We've just got the season finale left. Uh, uh, and this most recent, the penultimate of the season, just terrific. Everything is just so ratcheted up, and it's, it's, we're, we're just getting straight into the, the battle for the throne. And, I, I can't tell if it's going to be played out with armies or just like like nighttime soap style. And either way, I'm into it. Uh, it's very funny that the 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 whole whole uh, putting the the throne in dispute is basically down to the fact that there are two characters named Aegon, and nobody in the show has acknowledged this yet. Uh, I, as the viewers, it's very clear, but nobody on the show has said, hey, do you think he was talking about the other Aegon? Uh, but they, they've, they've cranked that up with this most recent episode where there are a couple of twins in the service of the king. They are both named Eric, but what are, they are spelled differently. So if you don't have closed captioning on, like it's one is Eric and one is Eric, which sounds the it's spelled with an A and it sounds almost exactly the same. And they're twins. It is they're actively trolling people. It's it's so funny. Uh, this would be a little spoily. Uh, they they there's a bit about uh, one of the Aegons, the one who's not a baby. Uh, they're looking for him at a at a brothel, and. Uh, the the madam says, "Oh no, he has less discriminating tastes." And Becky and I were like, "What? What could that possibly mean?" Because sometimes they like they like indicate a character is gay by using uh, uh, different language, you know, language similar to that, as opposed to just saying it. As like, is that what that? But less discriminating. What does that mean? It turns out he's really into <laughs> child fights. <laughs> he goes. He goes to. <laughs> bet on child fights in the slums oh it made me laugh really hard I mean it's, it's awful but it's also really funny that like that's his vice is kid fights and after all these years of watching Game of Thrones and then this series maybe the most repulsed I've ever been was a character jerking off over feet um look I'm not here to kink shame you I sort of am, because probably that's your kink too. You're naughty and you're into it. I don't get foot stuff, but this, the way this played out was just so... Everybody's performance really made it uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I am... Man, I am so I am so on board for House of the Dragon. I am having so much fun. And I love not paying attention to fans. Uh... Another, I just started watching it, uh, Bad Sisters on Apple TV. That's Sharon Horgan from uh, Catastrophe, her new show. And it's real good. Uh, I'm only a couple episodes in, and I think they're all out, so i got to catch up. But bad, if you've got Apple TV, check out Bad Sisters. Um, 
and here's a uh so uh, you know what let's just get to my recommendations before we get to the franchises uh, i've only seen one movie since the last time i recorded and that was amsterdam which i don't recommend it was fine it was it was it was perfectly good uh it sort of put out an intro like made an interesting parallel and then just sort of left it there like eh, what are you gonna do ah sort of like january 6 what are you gonna do but here's my my real issue also i am so out of touch with young people there was an actress who i'm like wow that that actress really looks a lot like taylor swift that's weird and then it was actually taylor swift uh it's good that i can identify vaguely what she looks like but not know when i'm seeing her uh, the director's David O. Russell, who is, he's sort of widely known to be an asshole, but like in, like mistreating actors and just this jerk. And so a lot of, you know, there's always such bad will towards his stuff when it comes out. And, uh, you know, I really love Three Kings and I liked American Hustle a lot. And a lot of his stuff leaves me cold. So he's, you know... It's, it's usually worth the dice roll, but, uh, you know, when somebody is seemingly a bad guy, you sort of, I know, separate the art from the artist, but I've said it before, that's for cowards. Uh, you just have your line, and you can talk about separating all you want, but you're, you're not going to, you're not going to watch a white supremacist sketch show, you know? And just him being just sort of a, an asshole on set was like, well, that sucks, but, you know, people are getting paid to work with him. He's not hitting anybody. And I even kind of on the APIVE, when I was listing this as something I was excited about this month, I sort of made it clear that, yeah, he's probably a bad guy, but not, not in a way that I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't see his support his movies. And it was after seeing this, I found out that apparently he molested his niece. Which is, I, I mean, I'm not laughing about that. I'm laughing about me finding out after I had put on the internet for all to see, hey, he hasn't done anything bad enough for me to not try his movie out. Okay, I gotta do a Google search before I offer tepid support of somebody I'm vaguely familiar with. Um, so yeah, I don't really have a movie wreck this week. Uh, in games, I'm still playing Saints Row. I'm having so much fun. Uh, it is a bummer how how the people are so mad about it. I think because it's not exactly like Saints Row 2 because they were also mad about 3 and 4, which are my favorite games ever. And like every time the 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 developer posts something online or they make a, you know, make some new downloadable outfits free or something, everybody just is screaming at them about like dumb stuff is it a little glitchy sometimes every saints row game has been it's part of the charm you know people are just mad that they're they're the weirdest thing i've seen people get really incensed about is there's not an airport in the game it's like okay fine um so like yeah the other games had airports in them that okay that's a part of the city that's fine there's nothing in the game that requires an airport Honestly, I'd rather them not have it than at the last minute go, oh, shit, we need airport content, and then have people working 22 hours a day at the 
you know, a month before they have to ship to come up with an airport-related mission and program an airport into the outskirts of town. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's fine that a thing that they didn't need isn't in it. I don't know. It's really, it, I mean, it definitely, I think the franchise is probably dead now just because of such negative, I don't know. It's, I, other than the fact that it's, it's not gleefully offensive anymore, it is still, it's still sort of audacious and there is poor taste, but you know, they, they, like the Wendy's fast food restaurant that they go to is, is now called FB instead of freckle bitches. It's like, yeah, no, it's okay to lose that. We, we don't need, uh. We don't need gendered slurs in the... And some people are acting like you, they... Like like Volition, you know, shot their dog. It's... I don't know. It's such a bummer. I'm really enjoying it. It's probably... Probably not going to get another one because fans of everything suck. Fans are the worst. Um, man, those they ruin everything. Stupid fans. Um, I've also played a little bit of Tunic, which is sort of a fun, like, it creates the feel of, like, an old-school Nintendo game. It's sort of Zelda-esque, and you're this cute little fox. But part of the premise is that you don't have the instruction manual, and you you sort of find the manual as you go, and that's how you learn you can do things. And it gives you insight into the lore, but also it's in a, a, a fictional language, so you have to use context and... Um, I've only played a little of it. I'm really enjoying it, but I'm not even going to finish Saints Row before the new Batman game comes out. But also, the new Batman game is actually called Gotham Knights, and Batman isn't in it. It's set after Batman is dead, and you play as Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, and Red Hood. All I want is to play Batman, guys. It'll probably be fine. The gameplay looks real good. Um, I'll enjoy it, but it's... Like, it'll wait until I'm done with Saints Row. If you guys going to play Batman... Yeah, that's going in the in the PS5 instantly, but it's been it's been like seven years since there was a Batman game, and now it's a Batman game sans Batman. I don't know. I'm, it's so easy to make me happy, and yet, um, I guess the other thing I have uh, over in in I'm going to talk about comics for just a second, as opposed to before and after when I'll be talking about superheroes. <laughs> so, you're probably familiar with Hellboy. He's had multiple movies. He's a big red devil-looking guy with a big hand made of stone. He's great. I didn't read his comics that much because the the first series that came out in 92, uh, creator Mike, Mign Mike Mignola was not confident in his abilities as a writer, so he had his friend John Byrne script the first series. I mention John Byrne on this show occasionally. I can't stand him. I think he's a bad guy. I do not like his writing. Uh, modern or, it turns out, the classic stuff going back to is really unpleasant. Uh, just didn't doesn't hold up for me at all, revisiting. And uh, his scripting in the first series is terrible. It is huge, full-page full-page monologues in Thought Balloons where Hellboy is questioning his place in the world. And it's so boring. And it, I it, I couldn't get through it. And I'm like, oh, I guess I don't like Hellboy. He's really cool looking. I like the idea. 
This is unbearable. And after the first four issues, uh, Mike Mignola's like, yeah, I got this. And then all of a sudden, it's great. He, there's never a thought balloon again. And Hellboy just, he's not, he doesn't have to, he's not questioning his place in the universe. He's being Hellboy. Uh, it's, it's that, but those first few issues are so 70s that it put me off. And over quarantine, I, I read all of the, main Hellboy series. And it was great. And then I realized there's been so many spin-offs because it's it's been 30 years. There's so many spin-off series and I'm starting to crack into the collections of those and I am having the time of my life. Uh anything in the Hellboy universe has so far been just a blast. Um I almost skipped work because I got a new BPRD book and I was like I really want to read this. I maybe I'll do that instead of work. And of course I didn't. I went to work. But uh, yeah, anything with the Hellboy name on it, holy smokes! I, it's it's I, I'm 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 loving it. Uh, it's just just pure joy. I got thirty years of Hellboy stuff to catch up on. I'm excited. Also, uh, like the the Mike Mignola fans are like the only positive fans I have found on the internet. It's the only Reddit I go to because uh, it's just people who, you know, hey, here's the thing I didn't notice. Isn't this fun? Or, oh, a collection of, of uh, Sledgehammer 44 is coming out. You know, it's just all you know, just all nice people being positive. So in summary, I am up on Hellboy and Saints Row. I'm uh, down on fans of things except for Hellboy fans and David O. Russell. Ta-da! And you know what? Let's wrap this up with the franchise report. Uh, I, sh I should note where I'm getting to the end of both Bond and the Marvel movies. What's going to happen after that, you ask? Well, and it sort of depends. I might not continue to cover them on the podcast because there's certain things I can talk about more interestingly than other things. Uh, so it's possible I'll just be watching them and maybe checking in once in a while. But after I've got two Bond movies to go. After that, I'm going to watch The Matador and The Foreigner, which are two Pierce Brosnan movies directed by Martin Campbell, who directed GoldenEye and Casino Royale, a.k.a. the two best Bond movies. And they're sort of Bond adjacent like they sort of play on Pierce Brosnan's image from the movies uh, I saw them both in their original release and liked them a lot so I'm going to watch those uh, then I'm going to do the Bourne movies and that will be fun uh, after I finish the Marvels I'm going to do the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire uh, and also Spider-Verse I don't like the Andrew Garfield ones enough to watch them again uh, his appearance in No Way Home is plenty of uh, that world for me. Uh, then I'm going to do the Guillermo del Toro Hellboys. Just two of them, but I'm on a Hellboy kick. And then after that, uh, I am going to rewatch the Coen Brothers movies and the Christopher Nolan movies. Those are the, two, the directors that I've seen all of their movies like, I'm sure there's probably other people who've directed two movies that I've happened to have seen, but like ones that when they direct something, it's like, oh, I have to see that. So that that's what I'm going to do. I haven't seen some of those Coen Brothers movies in, you know, pretty near 20 years. 
So hey, we're getting out of uh, we're it's it won't so much be franchises. I might have to change the name of the franchise report. We'll worry about that when we get there. That'll be it's a, it's a little ways away. It'll be next year, but it's coming soon. Uh, as for those franchises, uh, this this time I saw Spider-Man: Far From Home and Black Widow, the first post-Endgame movie and the first first post-COVID movie. I mean, we're still in COVID times. The first movie to come out after COVID was a thing. You know. Um, I don't really have any complaints. Far From Home, real, it really works. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it deals a little bit with what it was like for people to come back from being gone for five years. But it sets Spider-Man on a fun story. It does something cool with Mysterio, who is a... He's not a villain who works great in comics because his power is illusion. And it's a cool idea. And the, the sequences in here when he's messing with Spider-Man's perceptions are really good. But in comics, it's just like, okay, you just draw Spider-Man underwater. You know, it's not... It doesn't have that same kind of power. Uh... It's sort of like how I think Ant-Man works so much better in movies because on the page, if somebody is very tiny, either they're very tiny on the page and that's not that interesting or you only see a small portion of what's around him. You don't really get that sense of scale. Uh, whereas I think somebody like The Flash works better in comics because you can cheat it and like he can be running into action alongside other people when he you know, should be a mile ahead of them. You could get that moment in time when they're together and somehow have him talking to people, which you can do on a page, but would not make any sense in live action. Uh, but yeah, it's it's maybe the best use of Mysterio I've ever seen. Uh, it's, I think maybe I had forgotten when I saw it, the, the his technology that uh, he developed for Tony Stark. That's actually the st thing from the beginning of Civil War, which didn't figure into the plot after that. It was like, that's a weird thing to set up. That's a weird Chekhov's pistol to leave there, but it it comes up three years later in a different series. Um, yeah, the action scenes are tremendous. The the mid credit scene with where... Uh, J.K. Simmons shows up as Jonah Jameson again. I love it. It the what it sets up with exposing his identity is really fun. Um, the one thing I'll say is it's the maybe the only Spider-Man movie that does doesn't make me cry. As I get very emotional about Spider-Man, but this is the one where, other than that mid-credits thing, but that's sort of removed from the action of the movie. It's a clean win. You know, he, he's betrayed by Mysterio, but he's only known him for like four days. You know, he doesn't lose anybody important to him. Uh, MJ finds out his secret identity and is cool with it. Um, it's very, like, it, it's, just, it's just a clean win for Spider-Man. He doesn't suffer. Uh, he's, you, you feel bad for him because he's so exhausted by the end. But... It's it, it's not a reflection on the movie that it doesn't make me cry. It's just the 
uh, it's just Spider-Man having an adventure that doesn't emotionally torment him. Uh, but I, I love it. I haven't watched it very... I've maybe only seen it once, twice, maybe? And I had a great time. Black Widow. This is a weird one because when I first watched it in the theater, I didn't really like it. And uh, I gave it another chance, uh, partly because a uh, friend and sponsor Summer loved it so much. And we have kind of similar tastes on the Marvel stuff. Uh, and the second time, I really, I had a much better time. And I think it was, it was the third movie I saw after I got vaccinated. And the first two were in empty theaters. And this one, I was sitting next to strangers. And the, like, that was the first time that had happened in, you know, over a year. And the level of stress, I think, made it very hard for me to dial into uh, uh, just enjoying myself. And when I saw it a second time, I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, this, is, this is great. The Spy Family is so fun. Um. Scarlett Johansson as, as Natasha has always been sort of a sometimes she's great and sometimes it's like she just doesn't want to be there and to sort of send the character off I think she really is dialed in in this uh, and then Rachel Weisz and uh, David Harbour and Florence Pugh are just they're tremendous um, this one it was fun because it's it's the closest to a Bond movie. Like, my friend Rachel does not like Marvel stuff. Uh, she liked the first Iron Man and maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, but maybe not because it's in space. I know we made her watch it and she laughed at some things. That's about as good as we're going to get. Uh, this is what I tell her, you definitely watch. You know, other than other than a couple people wearing superhero costumes, it's, it's a Bond movie. Like, it this plot would work for a Pierce Brosnan era Bond. Um, fight scenes are, are, are really well done. Uh, the way they did Taskmaster was really different from anything they've done with the character before and was, was honestly was unexpected and cool. Uh, her big scene, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson scene with Ray Winston, Ray Winston, where, she's trying to get him to break her nose. It's like the most badass thing she's done in eight movies. Uh, I know that a lot of people sort of criticize there's some kind of wonky effect shots near the end, but guess what? That's going to happen in movies sometime. Sometimes you, you get a shot that looks bad. Whoopee. It's, I don't know, man. Open up your heart. Uh, yeah, I really like it. This is... Uh, it's when I watched... That's what I've, I've gone back to a lot because there's so much. It kind of it kind of scratches my bond itch, and it's a good one to have on when you're sort of doing something else, because there's sort of this constant motion where you get uh, pulled along. And if but if you're like if you're doing something and then you kind of dial into the movie for a bit, something interesting will be happening. You're not going to have a scene of, uh, you know you're not going to have exposition and if you do it'll be in a it'll be delivered in a fun way it's 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 a good background movie and fully dialing in i also had a i had a good time 
I got no complaints about Black Widow. Also, both David Harbour and Olga Kurienko are in it. They're both in Quantum of Solace. So I have been, uh, I think I've got the full list of uh, Marvel actors who are also bond, uh, in Bond movies. Uh, let me run them down for you. As mentioned, David Harbour and Olga Kurienko. Uh, Benicio Del Toro, who is the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy and is a henchman in, I believe, The Living Daylights. Might be licensed to kill. Also might be a view to a kill. I'm going to have to look that up. But he's definitely in one of them, and I mentioned it on the show. Uh, Dave Bautista, he's Drax. He's also Mr. Hinks Inspector. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is Shang-Chi's aunt, and she's in The World Is Not Enough. No, she's in Tomorrow Never Dies. I get those titles mixed up. Um, and, and damn it, there's one other one that I, I, I forgot now. Ah, oh, no, I'm so mad at myself. Um, when I think of it, I'm going to burst in to say it. It's Benicio. Uh, uh, Famke Janssen and Alan Cumming are in X-Men movies which are not in mainstream Marvel continuity, but they're both in Golden Eyes, so that's that's worth mentioning. But once I think of the person I forgot, that is my list of uh, Marvel actors who are also in James Bond movies. It's fewer than you'd think, quite frankly. Uh, and, there, you know, probably there's somebody who played a henchman in both that uh, you wouldn't know the name of, but I, I can't be held accountable for that. I'm doing the... I'm focusing on the names, people. Uh, and I'm stalling. Here we go. Mads Mikkelsen. That's right. He's the villain in Casino Royale and in Doctor Strange. Yes. How do you forget Mads? Um, and speaking of Bond, I only had time for one movie. The scheduling was weird the last two weeks. I only had time to watch Skyfall, which was the big 50th anniversary movie. Here's the thing about Skyfall. If you asked me two weeks ago, I would have put it as one of my favorite Bond movies. And it's one of the ones I've seen the most because it's, it's pleasant to have on because every scene is good. But watching it with, you know, having watched 23 others in as many weeks, like the, the whole just seems like less than the sum of its parts, which is a cliche and doesn't really mean anything, but like as a every scene, I'm I'm loving every scene, every sequence. There's so many good things happen in it, and I don't know. It it just needs a little bit of sauce. I mean, it, it it's still like top ten for me, but it was it would have been top top three. Uh, although a lot of movies benefited from a rewatch, so my opinion of a lot of older Bonds is higher than it was. Uh, there's still some, just some great bits. Uh, just the bleakness of that opener where uh, Money Penny accidentally shoots him, and then the the opening theme is played over like like the the video montage or you know the opening credits uh, abstract scenes are basically of him <laughs> falling into the nether world. Uh, an interesting thing is a lot of it's about Bond, you know, he's, he's been at this a while, he's old, 
But, like, Daniel Craig is explicitly not the same character as the previous Bonds. And I'm not doing the, well, no, his name is, that's a code name. And it's these, no, like, they pretended all the other guys were the same like all of the other movies were in the same continuity. They would occasionally, everybody went back and mentioned Tracy Bond. Uh, and, you know, they would sort of throw those in to go like, see, it's, it's, it's all the same guy. And this one very explicitly, he starts his career when Judy Dench is M. And Judy Dench is M near the end of, or, Brosnan is Bond during her first day on the job, so so uh, James Bond can't have his first day of the, on the job while she's there. It's confusing because it's the same actress, but it's a different it's a different timeline. But the problem then is he's only had a couple of adventures, and he's already he's already aging out of it. So you sort of have to pretend like the weight of that franchise is there, even if. You know, he never fought Dr. No. Uh, but that that's more of a thing that only bothers people like me. Uh, I still like a lot. It's beautifully shot. It's got some of the, the most visually appealing sequences, that stuff in the high-rise with, like, the weird imagery on the windows. It just looks amazing. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Javier Bardem as the... He's... That guy, yeah, he's really good. He's creepy. I love getting those, like, name actors as villains. Uh, and this is the last appearance of Judy Dench's M, who dies in the line of duty. It's also weird. The villain succeeds. Like, he gets everything he wanted. It just takes longer. Like, his, his goal was to kill M, and he does. Uh, and actually, he was willing to die to kill her, so... Bond killing him does not uh, is not really a victory so that's a little bit of a bummer uh, but you know it's still going to be one I go back to a lot because it's so every part of it is good it's just oh here's the thing I was thinking the the plot is largely about uh, he's stolen a list of secret agents and their cover identities and he's going to expose them which Mission Impossible has done more than once. Uh, I think it's the plot of one and five. And uh, I think the reason they do that instead of something more exciting is now in this modern world of ours, we know that mostly what uh, people in espionage are getting up to is mostly pretty heinous. Like, they're not... They're not stopping a supervillain who's going to uh, who's going to shoot the world with a laser. They're destabilizing third world countries to to strengthen the strengthen the dollar. You know, it's and it's always a bummer. There's you get a lot of those in the Sean Connery days where Bond's mission explicitly at first is something that really just benefits rich people, like diamond smuggling. Who cares? Elon Musk's parents will have slightly less money. Uh, so they have to sort of like they're he has that kind of well what do we have to stop all him from putting other spies at risk because it's I think it's hard to come up with a good spy plot now 
simply because it's so hard to to <laughs> you either have to go big and wild or it has to be something really insular like that so you don't have to deal with how what they usually do is morally dubious and not in the cool way um, so next time we do this provided I get two viewings in I will wrap it up with Spectre and No Time to Die uh, it's going to be sad I'm going to miss watching Bond movies every week um, I'll have wrap up thoughts next week or the time after that who knows um, I got it this one this went so long I, this went so long guys I got to wrap this up uh, remember to check out our great sponsor, TeasedBySummer.com. Um, most places, a little too cold for t-shirts right now. It doesn't matter. Stock up. It'll warm up eventually. Or maybe you live in a state that doesn't get cold. You live in New Mexico, no reason not to buy a shirt. And it doesn't matter how cold it is, mugs are great. The mugs are beautiful. On the, on the live stream we did, I was... I had the new Car Ideas mug, and I would occasionally just hold it up to my mouth as if I was drinking from it, but there was no liquid in it. I just wanted people to see this awesome mug. And I started going back to the gym. I have not been since pre-COVID. I started going, then everything shut down, and then I was afraid of dying. I started going. There's the, the water bottle, this, the, this water doesn't stink bottle. That is perfect for the gym because it's not, it's not big. You know, it's a small little thing that's easy to carry around with you. It fits in the the holder on the treadmill perfectly. You're not making a big show of having a giant water bottle because you're working out so hard. But also, when you've, when you've done your run, there's plenty of water for you right there. And then I do a little bit of lifting. Uh, and I'm bad at it. But I've got I've got my, my water bottle in the, in the holder. I'm getting so much use out of this water bottle that it's also very nicely designed and funny. It's high quality. It's great. Uh, oh, holidays are coming up. Get some Christmas gifts. Buy people teas by summer. Uh, they'll love it. Um, and that is, that's all I can ask of you. Uh, you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. I'm on Twitter at EJFettis and on Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, check out the APIVE. I'm going to have two things going up in the next week or so. Um, I, I'm writing about just kind of a general catch-up on Marvel stuff, uh, which where else would you hear me talk about that? And uh, also, I'm, having to, I'm a really excited about The Simpsons having kind of a resurgence now in Season 33. Uh, so that'll, those will go up in the next week or so, so uh, check that out. Um next week you want to watch uh next week will be a guest episode uh a great guest we're going to talk about american vandal the netflix faux documentary uh we'll talk about it will we accidentally reveal who did the dicks i can't say because i don't remember i don't think we did so check out american vandal uh that's it we'll see you next week thank you bye fed talks is a faux boys production Wah, 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 wah.